Whether you keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs, these are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Jeremy Turgeon from Brassman Reptiles. And this is Rob, and I'm creeping it real. And today we've got a super special guest. Uh, a very special person to me. How special is he? He's very special. He's very special. <laughs> We're talking with uh, Mr. Jason Balin tonight. One only. What's going on, dude? Hey, how are you guys? We are doing pretty good, fantastic. man. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> So, what are you up to today? How's your day going? My day has been spectacular. That's good. Yeah, is that is that? There's no sarcasm in that, right? You never know in the reptile world. You never know. (laughs) It's been a wonderful day. That's cool, man. So, for those of the people who don't know, you are a a carpet guy. I am. Yeah, and you work with a lot of different uh, kinds of carpets, but you're, you're probably best known for the tigers, right? Yes. Most certainly. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so how did, how did that project kind of even come about to you? Uh, it, 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 was, it was an unexpected project for me. I was, I was thumbing through one of the old reptile magazines and saw an ad mm. in the back of the magazine that had this beautifully striped uh, carpet python in it, and I, uh, I just emailed the guy and uh, was able to get his last two babies he ever made available to anyone. Damn! And wow. um, so I got them, grew them up, and um, just started uh, refining that particular morph. And and over the years, we've gotten it to be pretty, uh, pretty well striped. Yeah, I, I've seen some that just like, I I already geek out about stripes. So, <laughs> you know, so you see, you see like phenomenally striped tiger carpet and you're like, damn. And if you don't say damn to that, well, get the fuck out of the building. Yeah, seriously. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Who invited this guy anyway? <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, so the, the, the Balin tiger, I, I mean, I, I have been a carpet fan for many many years and i remember i think the first time i had seen one i don't remember where it was but i remember my reaction and i was like if that's not the coolest morelia i had ever seen i i, I was like they, they, i can't come anything anywhere close to that on the, on the cool <laughs> how many level, but... do you each have how many do you each have my my tigers i don't have any <laughs> uh, i i had i had two for a while and uh, and I sold them as I was kind of downsizing on my coastal stuff, which yeah. I hate to even say because I love them. Uh, but they did go to a, a buddy of mine that was fairly local, so I could go stare at them whenever I wanted. <laughs> Very good. This is going to be sacrilege, but I've never been the biggest carpet person. Like I like the West Poplin carpets a lot, but I never was like big into carpets like uh, i've got west poplins and then i've got one jungle jag and that's pretty much it for carpets and you had a nice clutch this year too i did yeah yeah the west poplins that that clutch came out really great there was one egg that went bad in incubation but other than that that clutch came out really nice and i did an experiment with that clutch actually where i took half of the eggs and for the last 
two weeks roughly of incubation I bumped their temperature their incubation temperature up by like three or four degrees compared to what the rest of them were incubated at to see if it would make any difference on coloration because for the last like week or so of incubation most of what's being done is the color to the animals so because it's pretty well documented in geckos that if you do that sort of thing in the last week of incubation you can drastically improve the coloration of the geckos um, when they hatch out you can literally take one clutch of geckos and keep one egg incubated at a low temperature and then another egg incubated right side by side and then for the last week or 10 days or so bump up those temperatures and it will drastically improve the coloration of that one compared to the other animal in the clutch uh, of the same pairing so I was just curious to see if it would work with snakes so I tried that with the carpet pythons and I don't know off the bat honestly it didn't look like it made that much of a difference but I'm curious to see uh, when they have their first shed if I'll notice any differences with them yeah I'm curious to see if you would too I, I'm I, I'm guessing you probably won't see too much of a difference mm-hmm. um, is, is my guess but um, it, it is an interesting uh, experiment to, to try so yeah, I just, um, I've asked a few people, and I haven't heard of anyone trying it with snakes, and so I was like, I'll try it with, so I tried it with a clutch of Borneo short-tailed pythons, I, cl- I tried it with the uh, clutch of West Poplin carpet pythons, and I tried it with a clutch of red blood pythons this year, too. So I did three different species, uh, tried it all with each of them. The Borneos, I think I see a decent change in color saturation, you know, who's who's to say, until they get a little bit more size on them, but initially it looks like there's a little bit of a difference the west pop ones yeah didn't really look like that much of a difference and the yeah. blood pythons eh, i i can't really tell i yeah. i don't know i don't know see what you gotta do what is... also would oh, no, go ahead, go ahead, what go also ahead. would be interesting with that experiment is did the egg hatch at the same on the same day you know did, what's it, did up? it prolong or did it did it caused them to come out early it caused my west pop ones all the ones that i incubated at the cooler temperature they actually hatched out sooner than the ones that i incubated hotter hmm. that oh, i was not expecting <laughs> that, that that's the opposite what i think right? yeah yeah 100%. right I, I saw it because the ones that were in the cooler incubator they actually pipped on their own and the other ones i was getting nervous so after the first the other ones had pipped. I cut a couple on on the warmer clutch because I was like, "Oh man, they must have died in the egg or something like that." But no, they're fine. They're in there. They just didn't want to come out yet. And I was like, I was expecting the complete opposite. I was expecting the ones to go warmer to come out sooner. And for whatever reason, the the ones that were in the cooler incubator, you know, had had, had pipped on their own and hatched first. So I don't know. I don't know. It all it just confused me more. I don't know what's going on. I thought I was like, ah, I'll try this and see what happens. And now I've got more questions than than if than I answers. had not done yeah. it. <laughs> but I do want to try yeah, again. Yeah, I think over the years what I've done, I've, I've actually lowered the temperature. You know, Towards I think probably a degree and a half or so um, when in my incubator for all my python eggs mm-hmm. to kind of keep them in the egg a, a day or two longer so they absorb more of the yolk. Yeah, mm. that's and, and that's what I've noticed that that the 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 lower the temp, the longer they stay in the egg. Yeah, hundred percent. And one of the things that is pretty well documented in blood pythons and short tails is that if you incubate them at a hotter temperature, they'll hatch out sooner. But one, they usually don't absorb as much yolk, and two, the babies come out and they're psychotic they're mental (laughs) like they for whatever reason when they come out they just want to kill you and if you incubate them at a cooler temperature they might go a a couple days longer but they usually come out a little bit more placid a little bit like a little more settled than if you incubate them at a hotter temperature 
So what we're saying is if I want to create a blood python evil army. Yes. Oh, Incubate them at 90 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> the meanest blood pythons you'll ever have. Yeah. Uh, uh, I might I get stuck with that whole clutch. You will get stuck <laughs> with that whole clutch. <laughs> oh, man. So when you were younger, were you super into reptiles too? Or is that like a acquired taste for you? Uh, no, I was... When I was a kid, I was always the kid bringing stuff home, finding stuff under rocks, bringing it home, whatever my mother would let me keep. And and my dad, they, you know, they were really good about it. So, you know, I I was able to bring a ton of stuff home and work with it at a very young age. That's awesome. That's cool. And and a lot of trial and error there, too. But at the same time, you still got to experience it. 100%. And that's, that's something that I feel like a lot of people nowadays just like don't ever experience is like getting out there finding wild animals bringing them home trying to understand how to keep them properly everything they've got is oh i bought a ball python i have the ball python (laughs) book on how to take care of my ball python and they don't have to think about it they just do it Uh, i agree 100 percent. a lot of people like us you know i i wasn't allowed to keep snakes per se when i was growing up because my dad's terrified of snakes um until i was like in high school but i would still catch snakes i'd bring them home i'd set them up in a container outside side and I would try and get them to eat that was my goal if I could get them to eat a little bit of something while they were there I was like yeah fucking, I figured you out because <laughs> I could get garter snakes to eat I could get decay snakes to eat I could get ringneck snakes to eat and it was always just like so interesting for me to kind of figure out what sort of thing each one of those snakes preferred to eat and it was like there was no book about it I couldn't go online and ask someone hey I've found this ringneck snake how should I set it up how should I it was just like Okay, I found this thing in a rock pile in a sliding rock area. I guess that's what kind of habitat it likes. What type of things do I think might find for food there? I'll try slugs. I'll try worms. I'll try beetles. I'll try crickets. And, you know, just trying to figure that sort of stuff out. I think that that is a big thing that is, like, uh, separating the older generation from the younger generation because a lot of the people who are getting into reptiles now, they have a website for the specific species they're interested in. They've got someone who's already breeding them. They've got a book or two books or three books about how to take care of them and how to breed them properly. And for people like us, there's nothing there. It was like a Audubon field guide, and you'd be like, this is where <laughs> you find this sometimes. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think that's an important way to grow up. I, I mean, just to go out there, get dirty, crawl into stuff, find stuff, bring it home, work with it, let it go. I mean, it was just it, it was a really neat way to to experience that that part of the hobby before you really got into the other end of the hobby. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Was there anything that you, like was your favorite to find when you were going out? Uh, for me, it was is um, like like you. I wasn't allowed to keep snakes at first, so it was box turtles. It Ooh. was um, whatever. Whatever frogs we could catch, um, salamanders, um, whatever whatever Maryland had to offer that wasn't a snake, uh, <laughs> yeah. my, my my brother and I would would bring it home and try to keep it, and then you know eventually we would we would put it back where we found it. And yeah. um, but no, it, it was a great way to really spark that interest, you know, in in, in a young mind. Hell yeah! Yeah. Hell yeah! Um, as you kind of developed and, and started keeping, who were some of the people in the in the industry that you were kind of watching and paying attention to? Oh my God! Um, when I first first started doing it, the industry was wasn't really even an industry at, yeah, the, at that true. point. So I mean, the online thing <laughs> kind of almost built the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
you know, in the magazines and stuff too, and, and, and when the show started. But when I was doing it, there was really nobody to look up to um, or to, to like sort of mentor you because you were sort of on your own. As I got into it, though, you know, the Barkers, you yeah, know, for sure, were a big influence, you know, for breeding and 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 that sort of thing. Um, gosh, I'm, who else? I mean, my first real reptile shows were, were like, up in, like, the Pottstown area of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. a, a couple in Ohio, and it, it was just, it was all very sort of new at that point. Yeah. Right, right. I remember the first local expo that I went to was the Massachusetts Reptile Expo, and it was in a room that was, like, maybe 30 feet by 40 feet, and there was, like, six tables there, and I saw about it in the back of Reptiles magazine, and I was like, oh, wow, a Reptile Expo near me. I got to go check that out, and I, like, went, and and I was like, oh, there's six people here <laughs> there's, there's a, it's, it's just six people hanging out one guy had some ball pythons one guy had some leopard geckos and i was like wow these guys are like breeding things and doing this and blah blah, blah. and it was just it was not an expo today people go to a reptile expo yeah. today and it's like oh there's 80 species represented here and people yeah, are yeah, breeding yeah. a whole bunch of different things and i i don't know the first expo i went to there was like i think it was ball pythons and leopard geckos that was pretty much it yeah, they anything. were on, yeah. on the table with, the, you know, maybe deli cups, maybe plastic shoe boxes or whatever yeah, containers yeah, yeah. they could find to, to put them in. No displays, <laughs> no acrylic, yeah. no nothing. It, it was it was just, you know, whatever they had around the house, they throw it on the table and then there you go. <laughs> I think it was Tupperware. Was it, they, had, they had like yeah. a legit mean, Tupperware. Good old Ziploc yeah. containers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like people online today are like when they think that they're – talking crap about reptile keepers like oh you keep them in tupperware and it's like well at that expo they had actually brought them in tupperware (laughs) (laughs) Uh. but it's crazy to see how much the expos have changed since then and and what species have gone to the wayside and ones that people are focusing on now it's like there used to be all different kinds of colubrids and then now it's like you don't see that as much it's just it's so weird to see the cycles that the the hobby goes in but i think right now honestly it's starting to cir- circle, circle back, back a little bit 100%. yeah the, the colubrids are becoming a lot more popular not to say the ball pythons are ever going anywhere they're always going to be there right but people are really into a lot of the the colubrids that were really popular back in the day i, I off the top of my head right now the the black um mexican black, black king snakes the green Yep. Those things went from $35 a pop up and up to $200, $300 a baby now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and and that just that just happened. Yeah. yeah. Very quickly. <laughs> very very and, quickly. <laughs> and it's it's it, it's interesting to see that in and of itself, but it's also good to see that some of the more obscure, you know, animals are starting to come back into the forefront um cuz you you want to see a variety. You don't want to walk through an entire room of ball pythons you you know as, as much as people like them and i do like them I, I have a couple but um you don't want to see an entire expo full of ball pythons you want to see yeah. the variety and, and and the different things that people are working with even on the obscure end 100 percent. oh yeah for sure um i remember when, when we were at tinley last year and uh jason hood with the post the notice oh. or whatever and i was like oh those are cool mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. he's just got a, he- a table full of like tegus black-headed pythons and postal notice and i was like 
That's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's so yeah cool. exactly. <laughs> now you want to see the weird stuff. You want, I mean, that's the stuff. You know, that's what that causes you to stop when you're walking around. Hundred percent. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw a Woma python at an expo, and it was like at the Manchester Reptile Expo in New Hampshire, and it was like five thousand dollars, and they had a pair of them, and I was like, I just stopped in front of the table, and I was like, How did you get that? They're, that's from Australia. You can't, you can't get those. And I spent <laughs> probably a half hour just staring at them, being like, I don't understand how that got here. I don't even know what's going on right now. How did you get a Australian Woma python here? It's just like. It just really took me back. That is the obscure stuff. Definitely, <clears throat> definitely makes you stop and catch your eye. Um, and I, I think over the, over the last few years, uh, the the White Plains show in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I would see anybody with the obscure stuff, I'd be like, "Oh, finally!" Uh, yeah, you I know, especially go since like talk you, to you, you can't have like <laughs> you can't bring retics there yeah. or berms, you know any of the the quote impressive larger snakes that if you saw on a table you'd be like oh all right you know that's that's pretty interesting mm-hmm. you know so you see some bizarre colubrid and you're like what's that yeah <laughs> what are you doing with that <laughs> back yeah. in the day the white plate was also for you know for me you know being the carpet geek that was that's where a lot of the really you know first carpet guys were bringing out their babies and and selling them and you know yeah. just, you know yeah I, i've been to that show for a long time as well and um you know, they're guys there. You, you really don't see other places. They they just stick to that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. And um, and it, and it's some of these guys have have originated so many different morphs of the carpets that are out there now, and and you would barely know who they were because they really stay sort of undercover at that show only. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. And uh, you know, it's funny as I was talking with our our camera guy at Nerd. Um, he's been helping me edit some videos for my own personal YouTube. And, uh, I was like, dude, you know, I, I would love to really find a way to, uh, make carpet pythons a little more popular on YouTube. Cause it's not a species that, uh, really gets any sort of major spotlight unless you're into Morelia. You don't really know about Morelia. Mm-hmm. Um, it would seem. And, uh, I'm like, man, like there's so many amazing things with this species, you know, I mean, just, if you just get a really nice looking, jungle carpet you know to the to the person that's never seen a carpet python before to then see a neon yellow and black snake like that's going to stop you in your tracks you know um so to it's almost like this this uh a hundred percent undercover species if you don't know what you're looking for then you don't know where to find it yeah um you know, which has always kind of blown my mind because I remember the first time seeing a carpet python, I was like, "This is the coolest thing ever!" <laughs> you know, uh, and I, I was like, "I don't understand why more people aren't keeping these <laughs> and working with these." Well, I think for years we've labored with that as well, and I, I think there are a couple reasons as to why they're that way. Mm. One, when carpet pythons come out of the egg, you're not you're not seeing the the bright yellow and, and yeah and, yeah, yeah and, for and sure. The, distinct black colors they're very muted so they take a good year to start to really color up right um and also some you know some of them can be a little bristly (laughs) you don't say (laughs) (laughs) so i mean i I think the combination of those two things has kept them sort of in that niche area of, of of the python group um but 
for me, I mean, still, it, it's 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 my favorite python to work with, and um, mm. and all the different types that I've that I've been working with over the years, it just um, it's always held my attention, and it's it's it it will probably all always be the core group of snakes that I'll work with. Yeah, for sure. So, what what would be like your your top three species to work with? If carpets are like your number one, your core. <laughs> they they all count as one species. Yeah, we'll put it, yeah we'll put it, put it all yeah just carpet we'll just, we'll pythons we'll in leave carpets as their own group. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I'm gonna throw some uh, some colubrids out there because I really do enjoy a lot of colubrids that are out there. Um, mm. I've always enjoyed and worked with and and still have um, Arizona Mountain Kings. Yeah. Pyros. Um, yeah, man. Yep. And. Uh, uh, years ago, I was able. I, um, a friend of ours produced what you know looked like a lighter colored pyro, and um, I was able to get a hold of some of its offspring, traced it back to a wild caught adult, and that's where you know the, the real true hy- uh, hypopyro came from. Mm-hmm. It, it originated out of, out of those animals. And we were. It was really. It was an interesting project because we were able to literally trace it back to the area where that wild caught male was 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 found wow oh wow that's awesome and um we know the people who found it we know where they found it maybe they weren't supposed to be there but they were there <laughs> um, but it was brought back in, into maryland and you know was being bred to to different females and being and babies were being tossed out to friends and everything you know mm. and um i kind of figured out where you know when the light ones started coming up you know at the time you know nobody was throwing out the hypo term at that point right and uh, and I looked at them. I said, "Well, these are certainly different." Um, I'm gonna. Where did you get your animals from? Mm-hmm. So after talking about to say three or four people, I was able to trace it back to to somebody I knew, and was able to acquire some animals from him and bring it back to the original male, and, and was were able to reproduce that 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 morph. That's incredible. And, and at that point, we were able to actually call it what it was, and it, you know, it was a recessive trait, and, and we just developed it from there. That's that awesome! Awesome! Hell yeah, dude! So those those snakes will always be near and dear to my heart. Hell yeah! So that's number two. What's number three? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'll be honest. I really enjoy working with the Womas. I, I've got a group mm. of Womas that I work with, and um, uh, I really enjoy them. Uh, another little bristly snake. They're not. They're yeah, not. Yeah, really- yeah. <laughs> I do enjoy them. Yeah, that's fine. We just had uh, somebody who was who was visiting Nerd the other day was like, "Hey, do you do you, you guys have any Womas that that you might be willing to sell?" And I looked over and I was like, "I mean, we've got two over there." And he's like, "Can I take a look at them?" I was like, "At your own risk, yeah, bud." Yeah. <laughs> You're cool with getting chewed on. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and yeah, that's she, what they do. They they just, yep. They don't just bite. They bite and just keep biting and chewing. Yep. And- uh, I remember I had one when I was younger, and it literally bit me between the web of my finger, like the web of my finger between my pointer finger and my middle finger, and it was just chewing on me right uh. there. That's a miserable place to get bit. <laughs> I just want to go on record and say that is a horrible place to get bit. <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't giant, so it wasn't the worst, but it was That's not, true. It was not good. All it takes is the right snake in the wrong place. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> terrible uh, so with your womas are they like um are they like any specific lineage line the like barry miller line or 
mine are undocumented okay. lines um, that I've picked up from here. None of them are related. I've picked one up here, one up there. I've got cool. four of them. So, um, an egg incubating this year. But uh, oh, nice. That's awesome. Is there uh is there like a specific look that you uh, prefer out of your Womas? Is like higher orangey reds or a little I, on the darker I like side? The, yeah, I like the higher orangey reds. I yeah. like the real the, the lighter animals yeah. as opposed to the darker ones. Um, uh, I, as much contrast as you can get as they grow older. I know mm-hmm. the, as, as you lose a lot of that as they grow older, but I I, I like the contrast if you, if they can keep it. Um, mm. But that orangey color is great. Uh, Hell yeah! Yeah. Yep, for sure. That that's what catches my eye with Wilma's the most too. Is when you see something that's just like, bam, right yeah. in your face. You're like, yeah, starburst. Just like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. See the thing. Well, I've I... noticed like over like the last couple of years when I see people producing babies, there's such a. I didn't realize it when I first started working with. There's such a huge variability uh-huh. in what the babies look out from look like from clutch to clutch. And, yeah. And, you know, I, I never was aware of that. I thought that you know they were all about the same. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But, but they all look different. Hundred percent. Yeah, the thing is, I love Womas, but I actually don't like black-headed pythons because they're so much darker. I don't know. For me, I like the Womas because of that like light orangey and yellow contrast, and then like the darker Womas don't catch my eye as much. I, I'm like, ah, it's like one step away from being a blackhead python. <laughs> and then like blackhead pythons, I like the Exanthics, but like I don't know, they just like they don't catch my eye as much as a lot of the other snakes. I don't know what it is about them. They just like. They're darker. It just doesn't catch me. I don't and know. that's why we can't have Jason Hood on the show. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably why he would tell me he's not coming on the show. <laughs> I remember when, when at Tinley, I was having people sign that book, and I went up to Jason Hood, and I was like, oh, it's like, you know, Pythons of the World. I didn't realize it was just Pythons of, like, Asia. And he went in, and he was, like, looking. He's like, where are the black-headed pythons? And I was like, I don't know. They should be in there. And I, like, didn't even look at it. And I was like, oh, they're not in this book. He handed the book back to me. He was like, get out. And he wouldn't sign oh, it. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what you get. That's what I get. I was I was being dumb. I deserve it. Damn. I, I own that 100%. <laughs> I, I deserve that. It, it was fair. Uh. <laughs> So okay, it was that day Rob's feelings were very hurt. No, me, <laughs> dude, me and Jason Hood go back. We actually, the first time that I met Jason Hood was through the Amazon Trebo thing, and he did, he hated me. He did not like me at really? all. Yeah, because, okay, this is a tangent. I'm going to go off here for a second. Okay. But back in the day, there was this uh, forum called Amazon Alliance, and it was all the people who were super in Amazon Treboas and breeding them and keeping them and blah, blah, blah. And they were trying to set up a directory of, like, so you could document your lineage. So if you wanted to get – if you were breeding them and selling them, you could give people a link to the site, and it would be like, oh, I got a cl- uh, an animal from this litter, and these are the parents, and these are the grandparents, and this other person has got animals from that litter too. And it was, like, super cool idea, and I was, like, super about it. And they were trying to group things by look of Amazon Tribos, which Amazons are so variable. They have all these different looks to them. And so they had a section for patternless animals. They had a section for bicolored animals, for tricolored animals, for uh, colored patterned animals, and for gardens. And I was like, why isn't there a section for Halloweens? Because like Halloweens have their own trade name. They have a very distinct look. You kind of know what they're going to look like from baby to adult. And I think that they should have their own section. And all the people on Amazon Alliance, not all of them, but the vast majority of them are like, fuck you. It's a, it's a garden. Get out of here. It doesn't deserve its own sh- section. Damn. And I was like, 
Why? That doesn't make any sense. Like, it did. It just didn't make sense to me because um, patternless baby, like, Amazon Tree has changed so much as they grow from the time of their babies to adults. You can have a patternless baby that develops pattern as it grows. So it doesn't make sense that you would have it in a patternless section as a baby and then maybe a colored pattern section as an adult mm -hmm. where Halloween's 100%. When they're babies, they're black and red. And then when they're adults, they're black and white. That's what they look like 100% of the time. And I was I fought with them, and Jason Hood was like, he he did not like me because I was like, I wouldn't let it go. I was like, no, this is stupid. You guys are being shitty and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> I, I went back and forth. There was like a 10-page thread of me going back oh and forth. Gosh. It was bad. It was really bad. But I was just like, I was dead because I love Halloweens. They're probably one of my favorite Amazons. But the people on there were like, it's a garden. Get over it. And I was like, you have a section for bicolors and, and tricolors. How come you can do that, but you can't do a Halloween section? That's just shitty. And, and so that's how I met Jason was, was through that. Jason Hood was, was fighting with him on there. And he was super duper against <laughs> me. Ah, the good old days. <laughs> the good old days of internet forums. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. So... I don't even know. I just took up way too much time talking about. This. <laughs> okay, everybody's got to have a rant once in a while. I, I know, okay. I know. So and we, and we let you go with it. We didn't even interrupt you. Once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Rob, you got to reel it in, just guys. Have your moment. <laughs> have your moment. Uh, so, with the West Pop ones, did you, are you working with? Uh, did you produce any this year, or, or looking at getting any clutches out of those? Actually, we did. Um, uh, I have. Um, Way back in the day, there was a um, a couple animals circular, circulating around with the West Poplins that were um, very heavily striped. Mm -hmm. uh, not not like the tiger carpets, but still a, a fairly decent dorsal stripe. You know, you know, West Poplins are prone to striping, but they're usually very thin, yeah. and it's usually sort of like a spider web off to the side and yeah. you know down the laterals. Um, these, this was a little different than that. It was more of a broader stripe. Um, come to find out, you know, the, the guy that was peddling it around, you know, was trying to shop it around to a bunch of different people and trying to gouge people. And um, I finally said, "This is what you're giving it to me for." And <laughs> that's 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 how this is going to work. And I was able to get it away from him. And yeah. um, so it's it, it's been sort of a long range project because. Um, it, it has the male hasn't been super productive as far as the amount of eggs that it puts out that that, that are good each year. Mm. Um, but we traced it back, and um, I don't know if you guys know Bob Pudo from yes, Illinois. Yes. Oh yeah, 100%. he brought the parents in. They were wild caught uh, at the time. IJs um, <laughs> that 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 went through a couple people's hands, but eventually wound up producing animals that produced this animal so again we were able mm. to trace it back to where they came from <clears throat> but um we, we're finally starting to get enough animals together to form a decent breeding group so we can do some um some line breeding and and, and some cross breeding and trying to really uh refine the striping and we are getting striped animals from it it's just that they're not quite as striped as the male and i think that's because we haven't been able to do um any line breeding with that yet we're also right. getting some very strange coloration uh coming out of the babies a lot of them look like you dipped them in cherry kool-aid Ooh, mm. so just really red it just it's it's like a red wash more mm. than anything else okay and 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 as it, as those babies have grown up they're they're 
they're odd looking sub adults at this point. Hmm. Hmm. That's really that's cool, super though. cool. Yeah. So we're hoping you know, this same line of animals has produced um, dead in the egg albinos. Mm. Full, term, full term, but they don't. They didn't survive. Right. So we're wondering if this weird coloration could be sort of a visual het of some kind. We're hoping. Um, and so in the next couple of years, we'll be able to breed these animals back to each other, and yeah. see if we can see if we can come up with you know maybe even something more interesting down the road uh, with this project. But it's it's been a long project because he's just a very very lazy breeder. <laughs> he, he really doesn't give it. He's really half-assed. <laughs> he barely wraps the tail. Oh, said, damn. Oh, yeah, I said, okay, here. He's like, okay, hey, just crawl just, over it. Just crawl yeah, just, over it. <laughs> get over here. We'll, we'll, we'll give it a whirl. Oh, man. But man. this year we finally got a really good clutch out of him. And um, the nice thing is all, we've we've outcrossed this this line of animals. So um, when we start to cross things back, there's there I, I think there's enough fresh DNA in there to, to, to allow us to go a, a couple lines in to see what we can come up with as far as what the genetics are. Yeah, that'll be awesome. That should be really, really cool. That's a joint project with myself and um, Eric Kohler. So, oh, um, cool! Yep, yep. Yeah. Stay tuned. Hopefully, we'll have some neat stuff to Hell throw yeah. out on the table in the next year or two. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! I I miss the days where there was more going on with West Poplins because I feel like back when like. Uh, Spitfire when and Yasser was doing his thing I just remember looking at those and being like wow those are like mm. such interesting looking carpets and then like when um, uh, was it Greg Graziani had the IJ Jags that he had made the 75 percenters well, I think it was Bullwinkle and I remember I seeing so, that yeah. thing and being like whoa why yeah. that thing's so like not orange but like the color on it was just so different to me and then I feel like since jungles got a lot more popular a lot of people did more work with them so I'm curious to see as you know people are working more with the West Poplins IJs uh, what different directions people are going to go with them because they're so variable they're just such a cool looking carbon python well that, that's another example of, of, of things cycling back the other direction um Right now, with, with the West Poplins, you've got the granite gene, mm-hmm. you've got the azantic gene, mm-hmm. you, so you've got the combination of those two things. Um, even with, with even without crossing in, 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 into the jag aspect of anything, right now there's there's just a there's enough you know morphs out there just to stay within within the West Poplin complex to make some really neat animals. 100%. Yeah, for sure. So, um, and I think I think you're seeing a resurgence <laughs> of that. I, I think you're seeing people. Like bringing in, you know, uh, Steve Katz comes to mind. Bringing yes. in some far- some farmed um, offspring, and then bringing in new genetics because that that they're 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 an animal we can still get from the wild, if it, you know, or farmed animals, and, mm-hmm. and bring them in the country. Mm-hmm. So you never know what's going to pop up here over the next couple of years with that, with those animals. That's very true. Yeah, some of those some of those ones that he was bringing in were quite <sighs> incredible looking. They they really were unique looking, you know. Even even from back in the day, they were the you know these, yeah. these newer ones were interesting to mm. look at. Rob, I don't know if you remember way back in the day, um, if you were on the uh, Morelia Pythons forum, uh, 
they had a they had a morph of the of the West Pop and it, it never made it really to market, but it was called a spider. I don't you know ever, if I saw that one. Mm. I'll have to dig up. I think I might have pictures of them on my computer from back then. <laughs> but um, it, it's like nothing that you've ever seen in, in, in an IJ slash West Poppin that you have out there today. They didn't. They didn't survive to adulthood. They survived to adulthood, but they didn't. They, nobody was able really to get them to breed. I don't know what happened to them at the end of the day. Mm. But it, it, it was a really reduced pattern, uh, West Poplin, and it was just way different than anything that's out here now. Mm-hmm. And I doubt we'll ever see him again, but I'll see if I can find a picture of him. I'll send it to you. That'd be that really would be cool. insane, yeah. Because now the key question there is, did it wobble? <laughs> Uh, I don't know that it. I don't. I don't think it had the wobble that the <laughs> its other namesake has. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I don't think. Do I don't think they were strong animals. Yeah. Uh, a guy by the name of Will Leary had them at the time, and um, okay. he tried. He tried to get it to work. I, it, I think Yasser may have wound up with some of them too. Hmm. 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 Makes you yeah. go. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I weird. doubt they're around. Yeah, I, I just, it's like, there's so many different interesting looks when it comes to them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I saw one, I can't, I think it was Steve Katz that posted it, but it looked like it was made out of, like, Tetris blocks. Like, the pattern was so, like, oh, straight yeah. on it that it, it, did, it didn't have, like, the curves that I usually see on them. And I was just like, that is a freaking amazing looking carpet. I, I don't know. It just, I think, I'm excited to see what the next, like, five years to see what people do with them. Yeah, I, I yeah. think, you know, since, since their popularity is starting to rise again, it, it would be, really be great to see people really just start to refine some of the, these it, these more obscure traits mm-hmm. that people are, are seeing. You know, the granite's really nice, the advanced is really nice, but when you can start, like, it's what the ball python guys did. They start seeing very small traits and things and start breeding those animals with those type of traits together mm-hmm. and actually developing the line of animals. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I, and I think that would be neat to see, you know, that happen with this group as well. Yeah. and sp- It's sp- harder with carpets because they're, they're so variable, but uh, I, I think it, it's, it's well worth the effort. Oh, a hundred percent. This morning when I was going through some, one of my clipboards, just trying to clean it off, I had found uh, oh an old price list of, uh, of some animals that Kev was... Uh, selling, I think it was like what 2011 or something like that. Yeah. But uh, you know, I mean, now for ball pythons, you rarely ever see anybody bring up lineage or lines of, of anything like the, the lemon mm-hmm. pastel, the Graziani pastel. But uh, on this this sheet, you saw like the lemon line pastel was like all caps. It was like the big selling point of, <laughs> of the yellow ball python, and I was like, damn, dude, <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that written in a long time. That's old school marketing. Yeah. yeah. But it worked. Motherfucker, did that work? (laughs) It did. I mean, well, that's all people had to look at. Yeah. Back in the day, it was those type of price lists, like strictly reptiles Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, some of the other places down in Florida. That's all they would send out is just a printed price list, no pictures, and that's how you had to market your animals with a description, and you had to have something that caught somebody's eye. Mm Yep. Or you could send five dollars in a self-addressed stamped envelope, and they'll oh, send you yeah. a Polaroid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the snake will probably be sold by the time you got it. Yeah. Oh. 
man. That's what was so great about the, the, the back of those Reptiles magazines. I used yeah. to scour that every Absolutely. month. I would go yeah. through there and see who posted new things. You know, I wasn't even buying snakes at the time because I was too like I wasn't allowed to keep snakes. But I would just read everything that people were breeding and what people were selling and all this stuff. I found a reptiles magazine from like ninety four or ninety five the other day, and it's like. New Caledonian eyelash gecko, $7,000 a pair. <laughs> we also have this New Caledonian giant gecko, and they're $5,000 a pair. And I was like, wait, crested geckos are more expensive than lychees? When the fuck did that happen? <laughs> oh, man. It's amazing what, what happens when they, these things first come in and nobody really knows what they are. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. 100%. 100%. It's so wild. I have a picture of, of one of the old, one of the old, I think it was Manchester Expos that I went to. It was either Manchester, no, it was White Plains Expo. And I'm holding this Bismarck ring python, and it's a super nice, aberrant, like, year and a half old Bismarck ring python. And I remember that Regal Reptiles was selling it at the time, and they had it for 200 bucks. And because I knew the guys from Regal, they were like, I'll give it to you for 150 bucks. And I was like, ah. I don't know. I kind of want to buy some blood pythons right now. I'm going to pass on it. And now I'm like, ah, oh, son of a, you idiot. If you had bought that, that would have been like, <laughs> that could have been like, and it was a, it was just a really nice animal. And I, I remember going to the expos and seeing croc monitors for $400 in a bin and everyone just being like, yeah, I'm not going near that fucking thing. No, not, <laughs> not happening. Uh, it's just so wild. Yeah. How much? How much has changed? Times have changed. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So this season for you is it going pretty well? Or yeah, it's it's not going bad at all. Actually, um, we got some uh, different projects that 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 we were able to get into, and you know, got sort of you know the bang for our buck on the first go round. Cool. Uh, yeah, we bred a um, a hypo coastal. Mm-hmm. A true hypo coastal to one of my tigers, mm. uh, which produced some really neat what we're assuming are hypo babies with the, with you know really an aberrant pattern down the back. Mm, cool. uh, you guys know what the tigers look like. Yeah, these things look like you know you've got you can barely see it, but there is a dorsal stripe, but there's also like a secondary dorsal stripe on either side. It looks like you know those really fat tire bicycles that you yes. see at the beach. Yep. Yeah, that. That's what it looks like going down the back of the animal. Oh, that's pretty. Big. That's, that's pretty, pretty badass. Cool. So, and we haven't released any pictures or anything of them yet. We're waiting for them to shed and, and kind of establish, and then we'll Hell we'll yeah. do it. But it's it's something that I know that my line of animals has never ever produced, and I've produced generations of the stuff that I have. Yeah. Um, and this is the first time I've ever seen any sort of a barrency like that. Oh, so, that's so freaking cool. That for that for me was very exciting. Um, Again, that's a project with Eric Kohler and another guy named Kyle Harper. Mm-hmm. That 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 it's sort of a three-way. <laughs> a oh, thruple. Having a three-way. We're in a thruple. Hey, man. Carpet. <laughs> yeah. Carpet. I've heard I've heard stories about the carpet community. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're a little out. There. We're a little out there. Um, but uh, yeah, Kyle got the hypo and uh, brought that over, and then Eric and I each contributed a female. Uh, and the results were were interesting and unexpected, and you know we're we're still trying to figure out sort of which ones are which. 
Uh, <laughs> we're going to have to wait for a few sheds in order to, to really figure it out because there's also a caramel gene in there too. So we're trying to figure it, we're trying oh, to figure it out. Yeah. Um, so that, that was, that was a really cool project that, that, you know, that clutch, I, I was not just from my years of breeding my animals to my animals. I've never produced anything that looks like that. And I've outcrossed my stuff, but I've never produced anything that, looks, that has looked like that before. So that's awesome. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's super cool. It's cool that like even so far into, you know, your generations of breeding, you're still seeing new things when you pair yeah. to, you know, that's, that's always interesting to me because like in the Borneos, every time that you breed something, it's something different, but you know, your group so well and, and the stuff that you generally produce with them to have you going, okay, where did that fucking thing come from? Is <laughs> like, that's interesting to me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that really is the fun part of it, and mm-hmm. you, and you you know that's why you wait for these little noses to pop out of these eggs, because you really don't know what's going to pop out. You you expect you 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 have thoughts, but you really don't know what's going to pop out from one clutch to the next. And you know that's that's what really makes it fun for me mm-hmm. uh, is is producing things that I've never seen before. Hundred um, percent. You know you always want to outcross stuff because that's how you keep your, your, your lines, you know, genetically healthy. Right. But you also, you, you want to see what gets produced when you, when you breed some of these traits back together to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, you know, I, I like doing both. Yeah, so. for sure. For sure. No, I think that's, that's super cool. Um, the, uh, with the hypo trait, um, is there, is there any particular project with the hypo trait that you're uh, looking forward to seeing? Either it, it being like just a continuation of the project that you that you just had offspring from, <clears throat> or a project that somebody else in the community is working on. Um. Well, I do really want to see what it what it does to to and and with the tiger gene because mm-hmm. I think tiger hypos, you know. Are going to are really neat looking animals and, mm-hmm. and and I'm excited about that. I also want to see what it does, you know, you know, to the azantic gene as well. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. the other clutch we produce, you know, that we have a lot of what we probably she was a head head azantic and and we so we have some babies that we that we can pretty well determine are also heads. So that that'll be another neat project down the road. The yeah, ghost some true, true ghosts. Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so that, that would be interesting, but you know, I mean, you, there, there's a lot of things you can breed the, the, you know, the albino into it. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, and then you just, just coastals in the, even of, of themselves are so variable. It, you can use a lot of, there are a lot of different lines of coastals out there that would lend themselves to, to be interesting mixed with that hypogene. For sure. So it, it, there's going to be a lot of experimentation in, um, and, and to see what these different things produce. And, you know, Paul Harris over in, in, in Europe is, has mm-hmm. has been doing it with ye- for years, and he's produced a lot of interesting things. But um, I, I'm interested to see what we over here in the U.S. can do with, with that gene and, and uh, see what comes of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see that progress as the years go on. It's it's moments like that where I almost wish you could do it like ball pythons and breed them in a year. <laughs> I know. Just to see. Just to see. I'm anxious. <laughs> I think those I've bred some pretty cool. small males. It could be done. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh man. I I always feel like I wait a long time. I'm just like I don't know. I'm I'm gonna give you an extra year. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to that sort of stuff. But males, I've definitely seen males who are like smaller and they're wanting to breed like off we're cruising hard like just they they're interested in breeding Mm -hmm. and to to see that at like an age where you wouldn't expect it is it always throws me off because i always am like oh it's just gonna give it another year get let them but the animals will tell you when they're ready to do what they're gonna do yeah yeah. if if you know your animal's behaviors they they absolutely will tell you what they're ready to do Mm -hmm. um I know when the zebra jungles first came over, mm-hmm. I got one of those original animals. Um, I think at the time it was the only one on the East Coast. And and the male that I got, I bred, I mean, I don't know how many grams he was, but if if you could probably think of like a carpet python yearling, he wasn't much bigger than that. Oh, wow. But, and he bred a fairly large female <laughs> without any hesitation whatsoever. Damn. So um, they they will tell you when they're ready to breed. Yeah, 100%. the females will tell you when they're ready to breed. Um, mm-hmm. Although, like like Rob said, I'll usually give the female an extra year. So I, I've bred some small females, but I find that it's healthier for them if you think they're ready. Maybe give them one more season. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. It, ne- it never hurts, especially you know if it's if it, you're only putting the female in a better position for future production. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'd certainly rather do that than just be like, well, it's year three, you're ready, here <laughs> yeah. you go. Yeah. Go for it. My IG girl who produced this year, she's five and a half. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I never was like, oh, I'm going to... Br-. I just thought she was awesome, and I was like, I need to raise this thing. And then I had a million people be like, you got to breed it. It's so unique. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I like if I if Where I was at before, uh, when I was working in Maine, I would have felt like it would have been more of a... Not a burden, but it would have made me think more about where the babies are going. And then now where I'm working at Nerd, um, I've got an outlet. If I need to sell more than I, you know, had intended, I can. I've got an outlet to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's something that like a lot of people don't think of when they're like, oh, I want to breed things. They don't think about, oh, where am I going to s- sell all these babies to? They think they're going to have a million people lined up, and that's not always the case. Like, yeah, especially <laughs> when they're making pastel ball pythons. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like like West Poplins or IJ carpets when they're little. I think they're really pretty looking. Like they're yeah. they're red basically, um, but when you see the adults, like even that's eye catching too. So for me, I feel like that they're they're easy for me to sell. Like mm-hmm. when I tell people what I see and what I like about them, I don't usually have a problem selling them. But the average person, if they don't have a venue for that, it's just like you could be setting yourself up to have a lot of mouths to feed. <laughs> yeah, for quite some time. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, plus also your your passion shows through too. Yeah. If, yeah. if you're sitting there explaining to somebody and showing them the subtleties of your animals, and you're excited about it as you're showing them to them, that sort of rubs off on the person. That, that make 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 all the difference about whether they decide to buy it or not. Hundred percent. That's I why mean, I'm so it, bummed about expos not happening right now. Going and getting to talk to people about the things that they enjoy doing and the animals that they're working with. Like that's what I miss about expos. Yeah. Well, we're in the new normal. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Whatever that is. <laughs> I don't. So like we'll it. see. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, I also work as a as a musician, so uh, trying to think about what 
you know, concerts. performances, concerts are going to be like in the next, just in the next couple of years is, is very interesting. You know, a, lo a lot of my friends, I've uh, gone the route of like doing live stream concerts and having people, you know, send money via cash app or PayPal or whatever. And, um, that's proven beneficial, but, uh, you it's know, not, compared to yeah. the, to compared to a concert, first of all, when you're getting cash, but yeah. second of all, like to be in a room with people who are like you can see in real time are engaging, uh, it's you you can't match that at all if you're not you know if you've already done it, not doing it you're like ah, uh, it's not the same yeah. you know so it'll that's an interesting thought process what that'll be like in the next year or yeah. two or three or whatever whatever the new normal really becomes there better still be carpet fest that's all i'm saying yes <laughs> well listen you know they canceled it this year yeah mm -hmm. but uh i i have a feeling that that that's not going anywhere and as soon as we're able to do it again uh, i'm sure uh eric and owen will definitely want to get that back out there because um i know a lot of people have a lot of fun at that and, yeah. it, and, it, and it's and it's a great way to, to get that community together oh yeah 100 percent. so being such a niche community anyway you know, you know you don't often get time to spend that much time around that many people with the same interests that you have mm -hmm. yeah yeah no it definitely is quite a quite a unique experience i remember my first carpet fest was only just a few years ago but i was immediately like whoa like everybody's here <laughs> wait i know him i know that guy i know yeah, wait wait exactly. i know <laughs> exactly was that at owen's house yeah yeah i think that was 2017 or 2016 yeah, i think that one was a shit show yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah wasn't that who somebody jumped off some uh, uh the roof into the pool or something. I think that oh, was the damn. year that happened. That was Eric's house. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I I left before that happened. <laughs> uh, see, I didn't even get to go to any of the the uh, OG Carpet Fest. I, I just went sure. to the Southeast Carpet Fest this year, and so I'm bummed because I was like. I saw all the pictures and I was like, oh man, I can't believe it. Last year, like last minute I had to cancel. I had everything yep. set up where I was going to go and then literally work just was like, nope, you can't go. So I, yep. I, I remember that because everybody was asking me, hey, where's Rob? I thought Rob was coming and he was coming with yeah, you. And I was like, yeah, um, he couldn't I know. show up. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, I've missed so many of them yeah. uh, just because of, of, you know, kids schedules and sport tournaments and things like that it, mm -hmm. it never ever for many many years it never worked out to where i could get to them yeah, yeah. so the original ones were actually at howard redding's house down outside of dc mm -hmm. oh okay yeah that's that's where they started and um then they moved it up to owens and then to eric's as long as they do one next year i'm cool we're, we're, yeah. I, hope, <laughs> I hope i hope we get to i mean i hope i mean the one good thing about them, they're for the most part they're outside. Yeah. So I mean, it 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 you know you can you can social distance. Yeah, that exactly. Is true. That is true. It's it just means that they're gonna have to put the liquor in a in a bigger space because <laughs> that room's always packed. <laughs> oh, at Eric's house. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. Wild. 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 Uh. So, we're kind of like uh, winding down towards the end here. 
But uh, one of the questions that we've been asking people at the end of our program is in the realm of reptiles, it, it could be a project that you're working on or one that someone else is working on that you're just excited about. What is something that has got you just geeked out? What's got you excited? Something that you're looking forward to seeing in the future of reptiles? Hmm. Well, for me right now, like just, you know, where I am, I've, I've, I've gotten a couple different new little projects that, that I'm just beyond excited about. I just, I just picked up a Western green rat snake. Hell yeah. Mm. And, uh, so I'm growing that one up. I'm, I'm hoping to get a, a mate for it this season. Um, if Casey Lasik's listening, he owes me a female. Um, <laughs> I will send this episode direct. right to him. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's one of the, that's one of the most exciting projects for me. I've wanted those things since I was, I was, you know, in my early twenties mm. when I saw them in magazines and things like that. So to, to have one actually in hand is, is pretty exciting for me. Mm. Um, but, and also got a, uh, <laughs> a Costa Rican black milk snake. And then I'm excited to see have this six foot black monster <laughs> in the next few years. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Not what I would have expected, but yes. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, like I said, I love the carpets, but you know, you got to diversify. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we we're, were just talking to Adam G, and I'm pretty sure that he said that he just got Western Green Rats too. Yeah, I think. Oh, he, cool. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really awesome. And you know what? Didn't he say he only gets females? No, no, that's that Cyclophus. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Okay. <sighs> I was like, I was like, wait, wait. We might be able to set something up. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I'm I'm willing to I'm wheel a deal and or or breeder low whatever we, whatever you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. So if you're listening. Yeah, there you go. I say he does do Reptile Finder, too, so he might be able to hook you up with uh, oh, cool. with stuff. So if True. people want to find out more about you, where should they go to do that? Well, definitely on Facebook um, under my name. I also have an East Coast Serpents page, which which is the business name. Cool. And um, I, I, I pretty much answer both, so you know, either, either page is fine. But, you know, I'm also in, in, in a lot of different groups where carpet pythons are concerned. So you can find me on Facebook anywhere. Sweet. Sweet. Sounds, Sounds good, man. Good, dude. So thank you very much for coming on. It was a pleasure having you this evening. <laughs> thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right. <laughs> sure. Thanks, We'll dude. talk to you soon, man. All right. Take care. Take All care. Right. Bye-bye.